May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear today. I trust that you all had a joyous Christmas and a good time with family and or friends and or friends, and that you uh, got everything that you wanted from Santa this year. Thursday was the 12th day of Christmas, and Friday was Epiphany. So this is the first Sunday after Epiphany, the day that we celebrate the arrival of the three wise men, the three magi, offering their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the baby Jesus. This is a true story. There were three six-year-old boys who were playing the wise men in their church Christmas program. And as they came up to Mary and Joseph at the stable, the first one handed over his present and said, gold. The second one gave his gift and said, myrrh. Then the third one gave them his gift and couldn't remember how to pronounce it, so he said, and Frank sent this. And Frank sent this. Well, I guess kids don't know what frankincense is. I'm not even sure what it is myself. But someone once said that if, if it had been the three wise women instead of the free, three wise men that came seeking the child Jesus, that instead of what the things happening the way they did, they would have asked for directions. So they would have gotten there on time. And they would have helped deliver the baby. And then probably made a meal and cleaned the stable up a little bit. And they would have brought practical gifts like pampers and things like that. Uh, I read that back in 1984, there was a French perfume creator who figured out a way to combine all three of the king's uh, gifts into a new fragrance. And for $525, this, was, this guy was actually selling this, you could get a 24-karat gold-plated flask which contained a third of an ounce of amouage. I think I'm saying that right. The perfume was a blend of frankincense and myrrh. I wonder how many bottles of that he sold. I also wonder what kind of men the three magi were. In the tradition of our faith, we sometimes give them names. We've heard the names Gaspar, Melchar, and Balthazar. Say that ten times. In some pictures of these men's men, we see uh, three different racial features with them. We see Melchar uh, as a European, and we see Balthazar African, and we see Caspar as Asian. Uh, they're supposed to represent people from all around the world coming to seek Jesus. Well, the three men also have been called kings. Obviously, they were not poor people. They brought very valuable gifts. Herod and all of Jerusalem wouldn't have been upset if three poor people were to come into town looking for the newborn king. But Matthew tells us that after Jesus was born, during the time of King Herod, that Magi from the east came looking for this king, this baby, who was going to be the king. And he, and they said, we saw his star and we come to worship him. Well, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. 
And it says that all of Jerusalem with him. I doubt that three nobodies would have disturbed Herod as much as these three uh, supposedly important people would. They've also been called wise men, of course. For sure, they studied the stars, astrologers maybe. They had seen this star, and this star was unlike any other star that they had seen, and so they followed it, and it came to rest over the house where the young child lay. Now, it's worth mentioning here that this didn't happen on the night of Jesus' birth. This happened later, a little bit later on. It tell, the scriptures tell us that they, they, were, they arrived at the home of the child Jesus and that it, was, uh, it, was not, it did not happen at the same time, even though we sometimes see that in, uh, in uh, manger scenes and in uh, Christmas programs. Uh, the, the timing was a little bit different. But it's really a very dramatic scene. Magi, kings, wise men coming to see this baby and to worship him. European, African, Asian. We really don't know much about these men, but we do know three things. They were men of action. They saw the star and they followed it. These are, people, these are the people in every generation, even up until now, who contribute to the advancement of the human race, people who see stars and follow them. There's a writer named Benjamin Disraeli who said this, the secret of success in life is for a person to be ready for opportunity when it comes his or her way. H. Jackson Brown Jr. put it this way. He said, opportunity dances with those who are already on the dance floor. These three men saw their star, and without delay, they got on their camels and they hit the road and followed that star. In 1982, there was a woman named Celeste Tate who was shocked when she saw how much food that supermarkets throw away. And so she persuaded one store manager to donate his expired items or near expired items to help those less fortunate. And she and a man named David McKinley set up a shop in a garage. And soon they had built the first Gleaners supermarket for the needy in Las Vegas. Well, the name Gleaners comes from the Old Testament word, meaning the practice of leaving some grain in the fields after you had harvested so that the poor people may gather it. Today, that store serves thousands of people a month. There are now hundreds of stores based on that same, same model in the United States, in Great Britain, in Australia, in Holland, and in some other countries. These not-for-profit stores get food and other perishable goods from supermarkets and big businesses and the stuff that's good, they repackage, and they give it to the needy, or they sell, sell it to them at a very reduced price if their budget's limited. The Department of Health and Human Services has called Gleaners one of the most outstanding food programs in the United States. And it started because one woman was shocked at the waste that she saw in supermarkets. Nothing happens, nothing good, that is, happens in this world unless someone sees a star and follows it. These three magi were obviously people of action. Of course, not every star is always worth being followed, 
There are many people who are by nature very impulsive, and they may jump at any star, only to regret it later. Some of you might recognize the name Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins was a popular rockabilly singer back in the 50s, and he wrote the classic song, Blue Suede Shoes, which of course was one of Elvis Presley's first big hits. As a guitarist, Perkins influenced many of the next generation of rock and rollers, including George Harrison of the Beatles. Perkins never quite reached the level of fame that his, some of his colleagues reached. He once explained it like this. He said, quote, I never envied Elvis with his mansion and all that. All those boys, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, they all lost their wives, their families. People say, what happened to you, Carl? All of them went on to superstardom. Where'd you go? I just tell them I went home. And that's a good place to be. Carl Perkins made a choice not to follow the star of fame with the same intensity as some of the others had. He felt that his star was at home. Sometimes that's a wise choice to make. Still, if we all chose to stay at home, of course, the world would come to a grinding halt and we wouldn't see many of the wonderful things that we see and experience. The three magi were men of action, that's for sure. And they were men of determination. Their adventure might have seemed to be a foolish adventure at times, following the star that they had seen in the east. But they kept at it until the star they followed came to rest over a house, and then they knew that their journey was complete. I love it when people follow through on a meaningful task and see it through until it's completed. Whether that task is a business, building a business, or a home, or a ministry, or whatever star they may be following. Mary Kay Ash, who built Mary Kay Cosmetics into a corporate giant, once said this, if we ever decide to compare knees, you're going to find that I have more scars than anyone else in this room. That's because I've fallen down and I've gotten up so many times in life. These are the people who are successful in the world, people who refuse to give up, people who follow their star, regardless of what the obstacles might be. Motivational speaker Earl Nightingale once told the story of an American team of mountain climbers who set out to climb Mount Everest. Before the team left the United States, a psychiatrist interviewed each of them, and he asked them the same question. Will you get to the top of Mount Everest? There was a wide assortment of answers from different members of the team. Some said, well, Doc, I'll do my best. I hope we make it. Some said, I'm going to sure try. And they each knew how big the challenge was. But one of them, a little, slightly built team member, gave a different answer. When the psychiatrist asked him the question, he thought for a moment, and then he quietly answered, yes, I will make it to the top. Not surprisingly, he was the first one to get to the top. Nightingale writes, yes, I will. Three of the most potent words in our language, whether spoken quietly, loudly, 
or silently, these three words have propelled more people to success and have been responsible for more human achievement than any other words in the English language combined. The Magi were men of action. They were men of determinations. They were, yes, I will, people. But more than anything else, the three Magi were men of faith. As they told King Herod, they were following their star that they might worship the one who had been born King of the Jews. The three wise men came with pure hearts. Their purpose was worship and praise. They didn't come to find gold. They came to find God. Their purpose was to offer up gifts to the newborn king, Savior, the Redeemer. One of the oldest Christian legends, and remember this is just a legend, not a true story, but it's a charming story about the well of the Magi near Bethlehem. The people of Bethlehem, according to this legend, made a practice of going to this well during Christmas week. There they would bend over the opening of the well and they would cover themselves and the opening of the well with blankets or cloaks so that it would shut out all the light from above. And then as they looked down into that dark well, the star of Bethlehem, according to them, could be seen moving slowly across the water, but only could be seen by those who were pure of heart. The three magi certainly have seen the star, just like they did 2,000 years ago. Why? Because they were pure of heart, because their priority was worship and praise, because they were men of faith. I wonder if a star like this would appear in the northern sky or in the heavens anywhere tonight, whether you and I would even notice, whether we would even see the star. And if we did, would we follow it? Are our hearts pure? One theologian said, if the sight of the star had so powerful an effect on the Magi, woe to our insensibility, who now that Christ the King has been revealed to us, are so cold in our inquiries after him. Follow that star. That's what we're going to do here in 2023. That's what we've been doing for 170 plus years here at Zion. We're going to continue to follow that star. We are going to be people who make a difference. We are not going to be content to sit on the sidelines and watch. We're going to set our sights on that star and we're going to follow it with all our hearts. We're going to do all we can to follow Jesus. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by doing what we're doing this morning, coming together to worship him. We're going to gather together for time and spend time together in fellowship with one another. And we're going to take that light out and share it in this community and throughout this world, wherever we might go. We're going to do that by being kind to other people. We're going to do that by making conscious effort to raise money and to do whatever we can to contribute to those who are in need. And we're going to continue to do what we can to serve our community and our nation and our world. We're going to try to be a good example. And we're going to love people, even those 
who are, according to the rest of the world, unlovable. We are going to set our sights on that most magnificent star. It's the same star today as it was in the time of the Magi. It is the star of Jesus himself. We are going to keep our eyes focused upon him, the light of the world. We're going to bow before him in adoration and praise, and we're going to offer the gift of ourselves and our church and all of our being. May 2023 be a year of rich, rich blessing here in this church, in this community, and wherever our people might be. All of you who are watching us via YouTube, may it be a great year in Iowa, in Ohio, in uh, Missouri, in Arizona, all the other places. If I forgot anybody, I apologize. But it may be a wondrous year for us all as we all follow that star together. Amen.